just when you thought it was safe on dry land. Land Shark. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Here review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. This month, we're, uh, we're finishing out our take of Polonia Brothers Month, where we're taking a look at several films done by Mark and John Polonia, the Polonia Brothers. This week, we're talking about the 2017 film Landshark, done by Mark Polonia. And yes, what you heard at the beginning was the description from Amazon.com, as this movie is currently available on Amazon Prime and will be coming out physically sometime soon. Yeah, I'd say of all the um, descriptions of films, that one's spot on. Just kind of gets right to the point. More like a tagline than a uh, than a description, but yeah, I mean, it works. Sharks, there, you're not safe on dry land. Yeah, so this one is made, but was uh, distributed by Camp Motion Pictures and Polonia Brothers Entertainment, which are known for all sorts of wonderful B movies. So. Yeah, and like you said, this is written and directed by Mark Polonia himself. And if you've been listening to our show, you know who Mark Polonia is by this point, and we don't need to give you any more details. If you haven't, go back and check out the last three episodes. So let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. What should we do first here, Paul? Let's start with the top first. Let's start on a um, positive note. All right. Number three for me. There's a decent amount of deaths in this film, and I love how the blood is just splattered onto people to make them look dead. Also, the dick-eating scene has some great gore effect. Just kind of like jelly and fake blood and all this stuff and someone trying to cram it back into his crotch. I love it. Number two, the land shark itself is amazing. It looks great and cheesy all at the same time, making it all the better for it killing and maiming people all throughout the film. And, for me, number one, I honestly did not expect the man-shark hybrid to appear. It was amazing, spectacular, and hilarious all at the same time. Unfortunately, short-lived, but well worth the wait. Oh, yeah. It was definitely cool. All right, so number three, Landshark is a unique idea in general, and with a market that's oversaturated with shark films, it's pretty cool that they came that they came up with a pretty unique idea and i like the fact that he was able to kill on land and water so even in swimming pools apparently yeah most of the time with these with these shark movies they just kind of like make up bullshit reasons why sharks can do it it's like oh why can this shark like do this oh it's magic it's cursed it's you know genetically you know just evolved that way with with this it's actually there's it's actually part of built into the storyline why this shark can be on land and the reason that they're doing that to the sharks. Oh yeah. It's not like, Hey, Hey, you should stay out of the water. No, I can't do that. So I'm glad that that one actually had a pretty, pretty decent plot overall. Um, Number two, I love how the sharks just end up popping up in random places, like on the roof or literally right in front of a person. It's like, how how the fuck does this thing sneak up on you? But it's just amazing, and it's funny every time it happens. Like, did did you not see that giant shark sitting in front of you before you started peeing? Like, like maybe you should look where you're peeing, and then you won't get your dick bit off. My God, it's right in front of us. How did you not fucking see that? It's... It's just absolutely hilarious. And number one, the actual land shark models themselves were awesome. They're just cheap and cheesy looking and just absolutely amazing. Also, the che- the really cheap CGI effects, they were hilarious. I love how, like, 
low budget looks, and it was definitely done on purpose. It was it was definitely a treat to watch this one. So I guess on to the bottom. So for me, number three, the dialogue and line de- delivery from the support cast leaves a lot to be desired. Um, except for Mark Polonia playing his character, um, there's really not much emotion or really even substance to what the support cast has to say. They're just kind of there to die. Yeah. Number two, in the shower sequence, something is seemingly sneaking up on the blonde character. I, I can't remember her name. I'm just going to call her Blondie. But yet nothing is there. And we didn't even get to see any nudity. It might as well have been a scene of her sleeping and dreaming about the sharks, you know? What's, what's the point of a shower scene if there's no nudity? Disappointing. Number one, the lasers. At one point, I swear Blondie shoots Beardy, he's, he's the main character guy, in the foot with a laser, and it does nothing but mildly annoy him. It didn't hit his foot. It was right next to his foot. I, I'm, I don't know about that. I'm but, positive. But, you know, yet they, they use these same lasers to kill the land sharks. Also, for some reason, before they decide to kill the land sharks, which that's their task, the main characters have lasers, but yet they fucking run away from the thing. What the, what the fuck? You have the lasers to kill the land sharks. Then you find a land shark, and you're like, what do I do? I'm going to run away. Dude, shoot the fucking thing. But, yeah, I don't know why they thought a bunch of uh, two people that work in a lab and have no real combat skills were for some reason suited to kill a bunch of sharks. Again, it's supposed to be covertly done because they don't want a lot of people knowing about it, but still, it seems like bad planning. Yes, so covert that they wear black head to toe and go to the beach. <laughs> they blended right in. All right, so the bottom three, number three, I also really didn't care much about the human characters. They were just kind of boring to me. They were kind of trying to be, like, parodies of, like, scientists in every experiment gone wrong film and, like, where somebody's corrupt and, you know, the other person's, like, having a moral dilemma, but they really weren't memorable. And to be honest, I was rooting for the sharks the whole time. Number two... The two protagonists are so fucking incompetent at hunting sharks. I mean, half the time they forgot they were holding lasers and just ran away. It's like, oh, yeah, we have these things to kill them. It's like, oh, well, maybe if we get it on both sides. I'm like, you really you didn't test these things beforehand? You just happen to have these laser beams? Like, you don't know how strong they are? I thought that was pretty ridiculous. And number one. There are too many pointless so- shots of scenery and the beach and everything. Granted, they looked good, but it kind of just wasted time and added from and detracted from the plot. And didn't add anything, and I thought that it should have been filled with more shark killings. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, this movie was only eighty minutes long, and those those exposition shots weren't really that long. They didn't take up too much time in the film. But they didn't add anything either, and you definitely like noticed them going on. It's like, okay, can we move on a little bit? It wasn't as bad as I've seen in a lot of other films, but still, I, it's definitely something I had to add. Uh, understandable. So we did have a little bit to say about the dialogue, so let's have ourselves a little bit old-fashioned of a quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this film back and forth and see who has the best. This place is full of weirdos. I wonder if this pool is vegan. Christ, what's a guy got to do to get a decent breakfast? I was in Nam. Not for the war, but on vacation. But I was there. We was out in the cove dynamite fishing. Chew on this. Show him on this. 
And that ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you've seen this movie and have a favorite quote, please let us know in the comments below or on our website, bmoviebros.com. I think it's time we gave this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scales are reverse scale. One to ten, one being the best and ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a respectable three out of ten. I also gave it a three out of ten. Well, I have to say that Landshark is the most recent film done by Mark Polonia, and it really shows how far his filmmaking has come in the last 29 years since the release of his first film, Splatter Farm. The story is cohesive and fleshed out a bit. The dialogue fits well for the most part, and the main characters execute lines well and in a manner which shows they had some good working chemistry. The special effects are practical and cheesy, but amazing in the old-school feel that it gives the film. Campy in all the right places, really deserving of a release from the aptly named Camp Motion Pictures, Landshark is a fun, chomptastic ride through the dark side of animal experimentation. Yes, I also give this a 3 out of 10. In the age of Sharknado, there are tons of shark-themed comedies, all parodying Jaws in some way. Most of them are bland and boring and just repeat the same jokes. However, Landshark manages to be unique, as well as really entertaining. The ridiculous concept mixed with the cheap props, cheesy CGI, and poor acting made for a hilarious movie that never felt like it was taking itself seriously. And I absolutely love the fact that the sharks managed to somehow sneak up on the main characters every time. The plot is a bit slow-paced and suffers from having a few too many pointless scenes. Also, the main characters were less interesting than I had hoped. Still, I would definitely recommend this film to anyone who considers himself a fan of shark films, low-budget films, parodies, just looking for a good time in general. So there you have it. I mean, we both gave it a 3 out of 10. It's worth checking out. It's, uh, you can check it out free on Amazon Prime. You can uh, buy it digitally, and it'll soon be out as a physical copy. If you like it, pick it up. Now, we know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do, so we like to give every B-movie review an A-movie companion and tell you why these movies are the same, just of a different class and standard. For me, I gave Landshark from 2017 the A-movie companion of Tremors 2 Aftershocks from 1996. I picked 28 Days Later from 2002. Well, I have to say, both films are about hunting for an animal in a new environment. In Tremors 2, you have Fred Ward going after Graboids in Mexico. And in Land Shark, you have Beardy and Blondie taking on sharks on land. Both titles involve an animal reaching a new level of adaptation. Graboids evolving or, you know, reproducing or whatever to become shriekers to move on land. And sharks being experimented on also to move on land. In both movies, explosives are used to fish. In Landshark, Mark Polonia's character was fishing with dynamite to get fish. And in Tremors 2, the character of Bart Gummer was using an RC car to fish for graboids. He also had dynamite attached to the cars to blow them up. In each film, many people are eaten by the respective creatures, the sharks, or the graboids and shriekers. Each film features point-of-view shots from the creatures, the fisheye view of the land shark, and the heat vision of the shriekers. Both films use practical effects to create their creatures. The land shark is a puppet. The graboids and shriekers are also puppets. In both films, the support characters actually seem to be better at killing the monsters than the main characters. In Landshark, Mark Polonia as a fisherman and his 
you know, other fisherman guy, were able to kill a land shark by themselves, supposedly, with dynamite and guns. But yet, you know, Blondie and Beardy have lots of trouble taking them on, and they're supposed to be the so-called experts or whatever. And finally, oh, yeah. And in Tremors 2, you know, Bert, Bert Gummer kills all, everything, everything, all the Graboids, all the Shriekers, because he's the man. And finally, in both films, the characters just don't have enough ammunition to get the job done with guns. Bert Gummer runs out of ammunition due to the Graboids becoming Shriekers and being underprepared for the vast number that showed up. And the lasers ran out of ammunition right when Blondie was facing down the final threat of the movie. And that's why Tremors 2 Aftershocks is the same movie as Landshark. I had to pick 28 Days Later because... Both movies are about a strange mutation that changes the actions of something. And 28 Days Later, um, a strange virus causes causes people to become rabid and start killing each other. And in Land Shark, an experiment causes sharks to kill on land and in the ocean. Both movies have a group of people trying to kill the mutated creatures. And 28 Days Later, there's the military as well as the group of main protagonists killing the not-zombies. And in Landshark, the two scientists set out to kill all the Landsharks they created. In both movies, an organization prominent in the film ends up being the main threat to, the, to, to at least one of, the, one of the protagonists. The military in 28 Days Later decides they want to kidnap and rape the girls in the film because, you know, it's been, you know, nearly three weeks since the zombies showed up. So better start repopulating the planet now, I guess. In Land Shark, the organization um, out actually created the Land Sharks and intended to kill the one female scientist after, after killing all the Land Sharks. And actually, one of them, Foster, becomes a half-human, half-shark um, hybrid and tries to kill her. And both movies have the mutated creatures breaking established rules that are normally ha- normally established in the films, the, the genre of the film that it took place in. 28 days later, the not-zombies are seen running, which very, rarely happens in zombie films. And opening doors. Yeah, and opening doors. And did I mention that they're also not-zombies? And in Land Shark, the sharks leave the ocean and kill on dry land. Not something that normally happens in shark films. So there you have it. If you want to watch an A-movie version of Land Shark from 2017, take a look at Tremors 2 Aftershocks from 96 or 28 Days Later from 2002. Now I think it's time for us to tell everybody how to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give you some drinking games to go along with this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time there's a point of view camera angle, take a drink. Number two, every time you see YOLO on screen, finish your drink. Number three, every time Dr. Lorca is on screen, take a drink. Number four, whenever a fisherman mentions his net, take two drinks. And, of course, because it's Polonia Brothers Month, anytime you can't tell if it's Mark or John Polonia on screen, take a drink. Every time a wild land shark appears, take a drink. Every time a new person person is challenged to battle by a wild land shark, take a drink. Every time a land shark faints or dies, take a drink. And every time someone is defeated and blacks out, i.e. dies from battle with a land shark, take a drink. 
Uh, does anyone ever throw a Pokeball and try and capture one of those land sharks? Nobody should have, and that was what I was thinking the whole time. Like, Use it for battle. Well, Battling land sharks. Now, that would be cool. We, we've come to the end of our Polonia Brothers month, and uh, we've seen four films this month uh, by the Polonia Brothers or Mark Polonia. Uh, let's, let's rate these films. All right. Let's do it. Um, so for me, number four, Splatter Farm. Although it is kind of like a miracle in the filmmaking world, especially from the 1980s that these two kids were able to put together this film and release it. Um, I, I can appreciate that, but I just, I'm not a big fan of it. Number three, Land Shark. Although it was fun and campy, you know, just the, the other two movies to me hold, I, I hold in higher regard. It had a great storyline. Well, not great, but a good enough storyline and some fun special effects. But then at number two, I have Peter Rottentail. And Peter Rottentail just has hilarious lines. It's got a giant killer demonic rabbit. And, you know, it's Peter fucking Rottentail. It, it, it's great. Give it a watch. But for me, number one was Nightcrawlers. It had a great storyline. It was actually a serious movie um, with just a tinge of humor thrown into it. I love how they gave, you know, a background, a storyline to the Nightcrawlers. They weren't just, you know, there because, hey, we need monsters in the movie. They weren't afraid to show their special effects. They weren't afraid to show the Nightcrawler. And the Nightcrawler looks amazing from whatever they cobbled it together from. And that I can appreciate. And it shows their confidence and their evolution as filmmakers from when they started. Even though it's an earlier film in their career, it shows how much they developed and changed in a short amount of time. All right, for number four, I picked Splatter Farm. I actually genuinely like Splatter Farm, and not only just because of what they managed to do with such little equipment and no money, but I think it's genuinely well done, and I actually enjoy watching it. Number three, I put Landshark. I enjoyed Landshark. It's actually really funny and really entertaining. Unfortunately, I didn't care about any of the characters or anything going on with them. I really wanted the sharks to win the whole time, but man... The, just the sharks appearing out of nowhere and just managing to sneak up on people and just, it, it was a great, it's one of the best Jaws parodies I've seen, or at least shark-based um, comedies I've seen in a long time. Number two, Peter Rottentail. I just find it so funny. It's Everything about it is just entertaining. It's one of those films I watch, like, just if I'm, if I'm in, like, a bad mood or something, it just makes me laugh. Number one, I'm going to have to go with Nightcrawlers. I'm a big fan of, like, creature features, and I thought Nightcrawlers, despite its, like, limited budget, managed to be the perfect kind of homage to the creature features that came came before it, and I just thought it had a really unique plot, and I thought it overall really did almost everything great, and the um, practical effects were really well done in that. So there you have it. We, um... Actually came to the same same conclusion and same ranking this month. That oh, yeah. doesn't happen every time. Now, friends, I know that there are five weeks in June. Don't worry, we're not gonna watch Dick Shark again, Paul. Oh, thank God. We've already filled our shark quota. We're actually gonna take a week off and we will be back in July. Um, because it's my birthday month in July, I, I'm I get to pick. Um, and we are doing movies based on games. And we're going to start with the movie that kicked off the video game movie world with 
Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Oh, my God. So... If you have any thoughts about um, any of the Polony Brothers films or anything else B-movie related, you can leave a comment on either our YouTube or SoundCloud pages right below the video. You can also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter handle at bmoviepaul. Also check out our other reviews and shows. We have new content each week including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com. If you want to support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are provided below. So remember, friends, tune in in a few weeks for the beginning of Movies Based on Games Month. And until next time, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. (laughs) 